episode of School Nutrition Dietitian. Remember, we all grow by sharing. The only fee for this show is that you share it with others when you hear something useful. Hopefully, that will be every episode. Also, be sure to rate and review the show on iTunes. That really helps us out with visibility. School Nutrition Dietitian, here on a mission to show you fruits and vegetables can be super delicious. Eating healthy keeps you healthy on the inside. Keep your stomach satisfied and keep a clear mind. Now you're ready for your academics. Focus, time to handle business. Breakfast, you don't want to miss it. Help your body to replenish. Clean food, clear mind. That is the vision. Tune in to the School Nutrition Dietitian. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, my pleasure, Dahlia. So I'm really excited to talk about your new resource, Healthy School Recipes. But before we get into that, can you tell us a little bit about how you came to be a nutrition expert working in school nutrition? Well, that's a a long story because I've been at it for a long time. I um, started my career developing the nutrition education program at the Culinary Institute of America. And I was the first registered dietitian hired there. And that was really a great opportunity for me to begin to blend the food with the nutrition world. And it was there that I realized that we don't eat nutrients, we eat food. So um, I was very fortunate to, to develop uh, that background. And then mid-90s, I had the opportunity to work with the National Food Service Management Institute, which is now the Institute of Child Nutrition, and had met Dr. Josephine uh, Martin. And in the, the mid-90s, the Culinary Institute of America, the CIA, um, and the Institute uh, started working together on developing culinary skills education programs for the school nutrition community. So I've been interested in bringing culinary skills to school nutrition. Well, I guess it's uh, been over 20 years uh, wow. now, and that really is my uh, life passion. I have always believed that school food really is just food and that we need to look at the school nutrition dining environment more like a restaurant than a retail outlet where we just pass through pass food through so i've been working on creating really a more culinary culture in school nutrition Right. So I didn't realize you'd been focused on that for so long. And that's really unique. A lot of people who have realized that that is missing in the school nutrition environment and are focusing on the culinary aspect now, they certainly haven't been doing it for almost the entire span of their career. So when you went into dietetics, were you already interested in culinary? Well, I would say that I was uh, certainly interested in food. Uh, Both my parents uh, were in the food business. My mother 
is a, or was a, a registered uh, dietitian. She's retired now. And my father was in the, the food business. So I've always had a love of food and hospitality. And um, I love dietetics because of the, the more science approach. And so went into to dietetics, but then my master's is in uh, restaurant, hotel, institutional management. So from the very start of my career, I've always tried to blend the food and the nutrition. Mm. Yeah, my focus in undergrad was so heavy on the science that that was one of the more challenging aspects for me of the RD exam was like reasons that a cake might fall. <laughs> Questions like that were <laughs> a real hurdle for me. I'm like, oh, there's like a million reasons. And even though we took a couple of food science classes, somehow I graduated feeling like I really didn't know how to help clients modify the way that they cook to meet their dietary needs. I could tell them, these are your limitations. I could guide them as far as um, what in particular ingredients to avoid. But then I wouldn't be able to tell them, if you eliminate that ingredient, here's something else that has the same functional property. So I've got a lot of gaps in my education as far as how to help the people who are on our staff um, testing things in the kitchen, how to help them modify their recipes and not lose taste and not lose functionality. Um, like you don't want weird mouthfeel. And there's some things that it seems like exactly. you lose when you cut a bunch of fat. So yes. I was so excited to see healthy school recipes. I mean, of course, I still want to learn these things. But in the meantime, I <laughs> would love to have a resource that can save time, save money, improve the quality of the foods that we serve, just like your website says. So can you tell me a little bit about the evolution of this resource? Oh, sure. Uh, actually, um, even though we just launched in March of this year, um, I had bought the domain name in 2011. This was an idea I had um, then as I saw schools shifting more towards school-made uh, foods. The uh, Healthy Hunger-Free Kids app, uh, and the nutrition standards that came out of that really spurred uh, schools to look to more school-made items, particularly for reducing sodium. Um, we know that sodium is found in processed foods, and if we want to reduce sodium, you need to go more towards school-made or scratch uh, cooking. And so... As people were going more towards school-made or scratch cooking, there really wasn't a lot of um, resources, or they weren't easy to find. There were a number of online uh, cookbooks from different organizations or different uh, state organizations, uh, departments of education, but you had to know where they were, and then you had to go to each one. And I would often think, oh, you know, there was a good recipe for, you know, let's say a ranch salad dressing. Now, where did I see that? Was it in this one or was it in this one? 
And it was at that time that I thought it would be great to pull all of the recipes that are out there together. Now, couple that with the interest in food that was spurred by the television shows and celebrity chefs and, and so forth. And we have a generation that is uh, more interested in experimenting, more interested in new flavor profiles. We have a generation now that is more ethnically diverse than any other generation. So we have students who are excited about uh, potentially trying new things, uh, restaurants and quick service are becoming um, more interesting. There's a whole lot going on in the, the food industry. And we see lots of schools that are doing fabulous, uh, fabulous things. So the, the idea now is if we can all share uh, from all of those resources that have been tried and tested from schools that are doing great things with their menus and have developed great recipes. It's just a perfect time to to be sharing these. Yeah, excellent. I I really see more and more everybody relying on the internet for their information because things change so rapidly. Sometimes when you have a print resource, it's still going to be useful to an extent, but you know, you it can't change over time. So it's going to be great to have everything in one place. And if the regs shift again, then of course everything can be updated again. So that's reassuring, like knowing that everything is current. Our vision is to have thousands and thousands of school nutrition recipes that have the, the nutrient data, that have the, the crediting, that are in large quantities, to have these in one place so that uh, people can comment on them, kind of like the popular consumer recipe sites that you go to and you read the comments and you look, oh, I want a uh, macaroni and cheese. Well, which of the 10 am I going to use? Well, this one, you know, is five star and it says that the kids love it and it's easy to prepare. And so, you know, eventually I hope that there are thousands of recipes and I hope that there's lots of uh, comments and feedback as well. That would be really, I love that idea because yes, that's something that I know I use. If I go to like recipes.com or something, I'm looking or all recipes, I'm looking for things that are going to give me a foolproof result. Like I know a ton of people have tried it and you can see what substitutions maybe actually have worked for people. It's just like um, crowdsourcing, standardizing a, a recipe. So yeah, I yeah. love that idea. This is going to be the allrecipes.com for school recipes. Oh, awesome. And it looks like you have other educational elements too. So I see um, that the chef has, or, well, is that the only person doing the blog or the blog is you and the chef? Well, um, we've been clear that our mission is recipes. We uh, want to stay focused on the recipe element, but we also uh, have opportunity because there's 
lots to share and lots to, to say. We have um, a section called In the, the Kitchen. And in the kitchen, we do a blog post. We have uh, tips from the chef. We have some video uh, clips. Uh, we have Ask the, the Chef. And uh, Chef uh, Samantha Gasparro, uh, myself, and we have other folks who are, are contributing uh, articles as well. So really, right now, it's mostly um, Chef Samantha and myself. Uh, but we really do hope that this is a, a place where others can share uh, how-to videos, where we can share uh, different um, features. We also have a section called Behind the Line. One of the things I've realized about school nutrition professionals is that they're always curious about how others are doing something. And they love seeing what's going on in other schools. So the Behind the Line feature, we um, take a look at different school districts and see what's going on in their kitchen. Ah, oh, yeah, that also, that is true. We are definitely very interested in what other people are doing. And it's funny, there's such a collaborative atmosphere because we are not in competition with each other. It really is like we're one big um, national team that that transparency is there. You don't really, you wouldn't see that in other fields as much because the people who are coming up with maybe best practices that you would like to emulate are your competition and they're not trying to share that or at least <laughs> at least not for free anyways so exactly and on top of that the better each school nutrition program looks the better everyone looks mm. so if we're able to raise the bar everywhere then we all look better right yeah, definitely true. Because so much of the negative press that we get, um, it doesn't matter if it's not related to your district, but you can feel the ripple effect whenever anything negative is in the news or floating around online. So definitely yeah. true. Now, when you say that we really should be looking to shift the cafeteria to um, just being aware that it's a restaurant, not just like a place you pass through. What are some other elements that you think are missing to make that happen? Is it just the quality of the food? Is it the atmosphere too? Or what are some other things we need to be thinking about? Well, I often suggest that school nutrition professionals look at what's going on in their community restaurants. You know, what do they look like? Uh, what are they serving? How are they bringing in their, their guests? Um, obviously, in school nutrition, it's not just about the food. Uh, as much as I love the food aspect, it's not just about the, the food, but also about the, the dining environment. We need to shift from a cafeteria to a, a dining facility. Mm. And there's been lots of transformation across the country with that. Um, you know, when I was in elementary school, probably even all the way through high school, you went to the cafeteria and you were in a line and you filed out in that line and you sat beside the person you were in the line at these long uh, tables. You know, I know it's, easy to have the same kind of tables. I know it's easy 
to have them so that you can just set them back up. Uh, you can, you know, move them around and then after the event, set them back down. But I love when I see dining rooms that have round tables and have banquettes and have high tops and have couches and, you know, have various seating so that um, the students can gather with their friends and really have the opportunity for the meal to be a social time right. and not just a time to, to get them in and get them out. We also need options for serving that allows us to, to move the students through uh, quickly. You know, have the, the hotlines, but also the grab-and-goes and the reimbursable vending. And, you know, meet the students where they are. And, you know, the, the, their time is limited enough. We need to figure out how to move them through so that they can get into those seats and enjoy the time with the, their friends. Right. Yeah, I think that is, it's funny, we're in a CEP district, and um, so essentially when kids come through, they aren't obligated to pay. So sometimes I feel like people think, oh, well, we have no competition because free, like no one else is giving food away for free. But I think that free time to socialize with their friends is so important to them that if the line is super long, you know, socializing is, that's competition. Like some kids would rather not eat and go Mm -hmm. hang out in the gym so that they can actually spend time with their friends. So I think that is really important to think about the fact that food is a social activity. And if you have not set up your cafeteria with that in mind, that could be an obstacle that could affect your participation. That really makes sense. So, you know, there's lots of solutions that we're seeing schools around the country using, uh, food trucks and kiosks and, you know, taking the food on carts to where the students are. You know, in the morning, if it's breakfast, taking it into the the hallways, taking it as they're getting off the, the bus. You know, you have to go where the students are. Right. Yeah. That totally makes sense. I I think we're starting to get it. You're right. People are making changes all over the country. Um, One thing I wanted to ask about the website that I've already noticed is unique because on other websites, you don't see any mention of HACCP. And Mm. that is extremely helpful that 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 is already there because I know uh, what made you include that. Well, it's a fundamental part of a school nutrition recipe. Um, you know, recipes are, are interesting. Uh, we think we know recipes because my mom had recipes, my grandma had recipes, you know, we all have recipe collections, but school nutrition recipes really are quite different. In addition to being a larger quantity, you know, some schools uh, are serving thousands and thousands uh, of students. If you're in a district with uh, 100,000 students and you have a central kitchen, you know, you're making really large batches uh, uh, of food. Um, so in addition to the, the quantity, 
uh, the school recipe also has to have critical control points so that we ensure that the, the food is safe from the moment it hits the back dock to the moment it's served to, to the student. School recipes also have to be credited so that we know that it meets the uh, standards that are set by USDA, that if it has a two-ounce equivalent of meat, that the recipe indicates that, that it meets the half cup of vegetable and, and so on and so forth. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I think that is a thing that we think we're familiar because we use that same term to refer to home cooking recipes that honestly people don't even follow to the letter. Uh, the concept of standardization has been, it's a challenge, it's an ongoing challenge sometimes with staff because people are excellent home cooks and they do things to enhance the recipe. And I'm like, okay, but now you've completely changed it. Like, now our calories are off and now uh, we're not protecting kids with allergies as the way we're supposed to be like, really, this recipe must be followed to the letter. It's not like a home recipe, which is more like a suggestion. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, a good point. That's yeah. a good point. That said, I also believe that every recipe needs to be standardized. Uh, to each operation. Mm -hmm. So, you know, my ovens may be different than, than your ovens. Or, you know, I might uh, do something in a tilt skillet. You might not have a tilt skillet and have to do it in uh, an oven or a steam jacketed kettle. So recipes, uh, standardized recipes are important but they then have to be standardized for the operation. Um, one of my favorite recipes from the website is uh, buffalo cauliflower, which is a, a, a roasted cauliflower with a buffalo uh, sauce. Super simple. Some people might take that recipe and say, oh, this is perfect. Others may say, you know, my kids like it spicier. I'm going to need to put a little bit more hot sauce. Somebody else may say, oh, you know, my elementary students, just wouldn't take it this spicy. I need to tone it down. Right. So they have to be standardized according to your equipment, according to the ingredients that you get in, and according to your students' tastes. Right. That makes sense. So if 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 you're if you have a school that is wanting to adjust, work with them to standardize the operation, to standardize the recipe for their operation. Right. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. And that that is probably a better answer than just, no, you can't do that, is we can do this, but in a certain way, and it's going to be controlled, and we're taking your input, but we have to, you know, be strategic about yeah. this. Yeah. We can't ad hoc the recipe. Right. But you can standardize it for your district and make adjustments. But you're right, it has to be recorded. We have to take note. Um, and it has to be more um, of a process than just an ad hoc. Right. And I've had some people who are more on board with that than others. You know, some 
some people will lose interest once they realize it's a process, but other people will be into it. <laughs> yes, I understand. Yeah. So some of these recipes are really, I, I'm excited about testing these. So what if you don't want to start out with this large quantity because you just want to test it and see how it goes over at a small site? Do you just apply standard culinary math rules and you can do it in a smaller kitchen or would you say you probably should start out with the number of servings as written here? Uh, most of the recipes on our website are for 50 or 100 servings. That's just, that's been our general uh, rule. Some will be for 48 because that's how much a sheet pan would make, uh, but typically either 50 or 100. In my experience, you can half a recipe or you can double a recipe without um, great uh, changes. More than that, and you might need to adjust uh, seasonings, you might need to adjust um, any oil you might use for sautéing. So there will be adjustments as you go up or as you go down. But generally, you can half or double a recipe without uh, too many problems. I think if you're uh, testing a, a recipe just in the kitchen to see how you like it, having the recipe is fine. If you're testing it with your students, you might want to double the recipe to do a taste test with your students. Okay, that's a really good tip. This is going to be a very popular resource. I'm very excited about this. So what is the best way for us to keep up with what's been added to HealthySchoolRecipes.com? Well, uh, folks can sign up for our newsletter. Uh, every month we put out a, a newsletter uh, where we have timely um, information. We have calendar of upcoming events. We feature uh, recipes from the, the website. Um, we go in depth to some of our uh, with some of our favorite resources. So the newsletter is a great way to to keep up. But I also want to encourage everyone to contribute recipes. That really is what's going to to drive the value of this resource. And I think everybody out there has favorite recipes that they would love to see schools around the country uh, preparing. So please, uh, if you have uh, recipes, uh, submit them either on the site or uh, send them to us through uh, Facebook or email. that really, I think, is what making the, the website fun. I love to see the re- recipes from, from diff- different districts. And, and we've had a lot of school districts share recipes. Uh, uh, Joe Urban from uh, Greenville County Public Schools. We have recipes from Spartansburg, uh, from Minneapolis Public Schools, from San Diego Unified School District, uh, from Raymond Wynn. Rain, Raymond Wyndham uh, District in Maine. So we we have uh, recipes from schools, Maine, all the way to California. So uh, I think that's really uh, what's fun. I love to see 
the recipes from school districts around the country. And like you said, the generation that we're serving is way more open to eating beyond the region that they live in than previous generations. So it's exciting, the idea of being able to introduce dishes to kids that come from different parts of the country that maybe they wouldn't have had a chance to try otherwise. But at the same time, it's starting to get to the point where it's hard to tell. It's hard to say what is really regional anymore uh, because there is so much sharing. You know, Dalia, you bring up a, a good point, and I want to, to reiterate this. Our students are becoming more adventuresome. We know that without a doubt. Often, though, we are not as adventuresome. Right. And I see sometimes that our personal likes and dislikes are influencing what we put on the menu. I've heard many times people say, well, our students won't like that. And really what they mean is, I don't like that. So I don't think our students will like that. Right. And I do, I do that myself. Uh, you know, I'm not a super fan of eggplant. So I don't think I ever cooked eggplant for my boys. Um, and I'm not sure that I'd put eggplant on a school menu because I don't like eggplant. Right. I think we need to get, get over that so that our personal likes and dislikes don't influence what we're, we're offering to the students because they really are way more adventuresome than we give them credit for. Right. That's a really important point to make. And for people to question themselves when they're saying, oh, well, the kids won't like it and you don't even want to try. Where is that really coming from? Is, is that your preference or is that outdated data even? Like maybe you did try it a long time ago, but those kids have graduated and it's a different group of students. So <laughs> maybe they're different. I've definitely seen that happening in person and people being really surprised when a small child wants to eat raw vegetables. So we had um, people saying they wanted the pre-K menu to be more kid friendly. And what they meant was like restaurant kid food, but there's mm. really technically is no such thing as kid food. That is something we have made up as long as it's not a choking hazard it's just food. I mean, they can, I don't know why people have kind of fallen into believing that so much like, oh, it needs to fit perfectly into their little hand. And our preschoolers are lucky in that they have a lot of time to eat. And my goodness, do they take forever to eat, but it doesn't matter if it doesn't fit perfectly into their hands. They have the time to work it out. And that's one of the skills they're building is like their dexterity and there's no such thing as kid food, really. But I do hear a lot of resistance sometimes when I'm trying to offer, I guess, grown-up food to these kids. And they do fine with it. They just take a really long time to eat it. <laughs> and and they're adventuresome. I hate kids' menus on yeah. restaurants. Uh, you know, especially you go to a seafood restaurant and the, the kid menu is, you know, hot dogs or nuggets. Right. Like, really? <laughs> really? Why are we doing that? It's more like the picky eaters menu because <laughs> there, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe they should just rename it because I've seen, 
I've seen adults go to seafood restaurants and be like, I'm just going to get the chicken tenders off the, <laughs> the kids menu. And then you see kids going in and they're like, I want lobster. So it really, yeah, it's just something we've made up and we need to throw that logic out the window. So I'm exactly. Just, I'm so grateful for this resource. I think people are going to love it. Where else are you going to be promoting it? Like, where can we expect to see you guys in the future? Any conference circuit planned or? Well, uh, both uh, Chef Samantha and I do a lot of uh, uh, public speaking. We do a lot of training. Um, that's the work I do mostly now is uh, culinary skills training or or training uh, for school nutrition professionals. So I'm all around the country uh, training. So we'll be promoting it. Uh, but we also are very active on Facebook, uh, Twitter, and Instagram. Okay, awesome. Great. And I see all those links are on the site. So if everybody visits the site, you can link to all the social outlets. And I think that the best uh, promotion now is when when people discover the site, that they share it with their, their colleagues. And we see that happening. I, I know that the Georgia Department of Education has us listed as a resource on their website. Indiana School Nutrition Association has us listed as a resource on their website. So we, we see that uh, state uh, departments of education and um, state school nutrition associations are, are listing us as resources on their website. So we're starting to get the word out. Awesome. I think that really speaks to the fact that people recognize this is something we've all been needing. So when it comes to teaching culinary skills, I know some people maybe feel a little hopeless about improving. Do you think it is possible for everyone to become proficient in the kitchen if they just start practicing and really doing the work? No question. Absolutely. And I think that school nutrition professionals want to do that. People, when they're serving lunch or when they're serving food to anyone, they want to be proud of what they're serving. I couldn't imagine serving something that I wasn't really proud of. That doesn't feel great. You know, when you invite somebody in your home and you serve them a meal, you want to feel proud of the food you're serving. And school nutrition professionals want to feel the same. And when you have made something that you're really proud of. It's exciting to serve that to the, the students. So I think, I think everybody has the ability with the right training to really transform school nutrition. Mm. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Kathy. Thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure, Dahlia. Thanks for having me, and um, thanks for promoting HealthySchoolRecipes.com. I hope you enjoyed this episode of School Nutrition Dietitian. As always, if you would like to see the show notes or if you would like to jump on the mailing list so that you can have a summary of the episode, visit www.schoolnutritiondietitian.com. School Nutrition Dietitian, here on a mission to show you fruits and vegetables can be super delicious. Eating healthy keeps you healthy on the inside. Keep your stomach satisfied and keep a clear mind. Now you're ready for your academics. 
Focus, focus, time to handle business. Breakfast, you don't want to miss it. Help your body to replenish. Clean food, clear mind. That is the vision. Tune in to the school nutrition dietitian. Woo.